Our guest this weekend has such an amazing story. He was a Muslim Pakistani born and raised in Kuwait. In 1992, he came to the United States and it was here that he experienced such a powerful and supernatural touch from Jesus in his life that, that he decided to become a Christ follower. He's now the pastor of a church called Mosaic in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he actually co-founded a city outreach called What If Everyone? And I have to tell you, I love that question. He's the author of a book called Ex-Muslim, and, and now he's here, and I'm so excited about the impact he's going to have on the Northridge family. Would you please welcome Naeem Basel? Well, hello. I thought I'd, I'd make myself comfortable. That was awesome. I don't know if you noticed, I was taking pictures. Yeah, it was awesome. It's great. Hey, uh, I'm so glad to, uh, to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Uh, you guys are great. It's an honor to, and a privilege to actually be a part of this. So thanks for inviting me, uh, guys. And also want to welcome the campuses. Yeah, Brighton, Sailing, and Gross Hill. Uh, thanks so much for allowing me to be here with you guys. I do have to formally introduce myself. So as your pastor said, my name is Naeem, but uh, I'm actually known around uh, the, uh, the, um, the U.S., maybe the world, maybe the universe, I'm not sure, but as, as the guy who can't say a particular word, a particular word, okay, because I'm bilingual, and I can't say this word right here. They're going to put it on the screens for you, so you're going to help me say this word. What is this word? Yeah, I can't, I can't say it. I can't say it. Can't say it. Any bilinguals in the house? Bilinguals in the house? Yeah. English is a hard language. I can't say it's cruel. I don't know why. And uh, here's, and I've been, I've been telling the world about this because there's an issue about this because I just can't do it. And here's the deal with bilinguals. Uh, you don't know, you can't say a certain word until you write, like you discover it. And it's usually while you're in mid-sentence, right? You're in a conversation. True story. Okay, I got a true story. Uh, my wife and I, we were um, uh, our first year and of marriage, and we had uh, an apartment, and we got in there. And cause the first week, it was all great. But then eventually, in the, in the middle of the night, uh, there was a sound coming from the outside of the, of, of the apartment, but it seemed like there was, it was actually inside the wall of our bedroom. So apparently a scroll had found its way uh, it, from, from the outside, and it started living in there. And for, it happened for a couple of weeks, and then finally, one night, this scroll from friends and threw a party. I mean, it was going nuts in there, okay? And so, so my wife was like, hey, listen, you got to go, you know, complain. You got to figure out what's going what's gonna to happen with this. And so I went to, um, I went to this, uh, the, uh, you know, like the, the, uh, the, the, the office and, and so the next morning. And, and I walked in and uh, there was this lady there and she turned around and she said, well, hello. But she's British. And I don't know what it is, but around British people, I want to talk like them. Like, isn't it true? Like, it's the one accent you want to have, right? And so I say, well, hello to you, too. And she goes, well, what seems to be the problem? And I'm like, well, I'm in 9B, and we have a screw problem. And when I said that, she was like, yeah, you have a what? I said, screw. We have a screw problem. And that's when I realized I can't say this word. So I was like, we have a screw problem. We have a serious screw problem. Screw. And she goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you have a what? You have a what? I said, screw, lady. We have a screw problem in our bedroom. We have a problem, a screw problem, okay? Screws. We have screws. Three rats in our bedroom. You need to fix this. And so she, 
I kid you not. She, she was finally, she was like, well, uh, we'll see what we can do about that. And I left the office. I guarantee you she had no idea what I was talking about. No idea. So the reason why I tell you this is, for one, because I want to formally introduce you guys, you know, uh, to, uh, you know myself. And, and here's the deal. I don't want, want you to walk away um, this weekend and uh, wherever campuses you're on and walk away going, you know what? I have no idea what this guy was talking about. No idea, except the fact that he can say scroll, which is hilarious. Okay? Uh, so here's what I want to do. I want us to just pray together. Because the reason you're here, because I'm here, is uh, not because I got invited and you decided to come and, and be a part of something and just come sing some songs and have a good message. I think what you're here for is, and what I'm here for, is like this, this divine opportunity. This invitation, this opportunity that, that allows us to basically step into a moment where God speaks to us. And so what I want to do uh, is just pray and just believe uh, for you that God would speak to you and through me. Can we do that? Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much. We thank you for your uh, love for us. Thank you for moments like these, God. These are not just linear uh, uh, chronological moments, Lord God. These, this is a Kairos moment in which uh, this could be uh, life-changing for so many people. God, there could be people um, in different campuses, even watching by video, Lord God, uh, maybe even in Brighton campus, and, and there's a moment that is going to take place where you will interact, Lord God. You'll, be, you'll fill this person. You'll give them wisdom. You'll speak through them. So, Lord God, I just ask you, would you step, would you force me, would you take me and, step, and put me aside and speak through me, God? Would you, would you pour out your presence in this place? That God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you allow us to know that you are real, you're with us, you are for us, and you're challenging us. God, allow us to have a moment with you where one word from you, Lord God, sets everything different. That one word from you, God, would set us free, would heal us, would infuse us with so much passion and so much faith. And so much love. God, that's what I'm praying for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, let me ask you a question. Um, uh, was there a time in your life that you trusted God more than you do right now? Was there? Was there ever a time where you're like, oh, I trust him. I believe him. And then now you're like, ah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Right? Do, uh, let me ask you this question. Okay, raise your hand. Do you know anybody who has like, a lot of faith, more faith than you. Anybody? Like, like, okay, now they're annoying. <laughs> right? Like you tell them something and they're like, yeah, he's going to do it. Jesus is going to come through. Yes, it's going to happen. Yes, just believe. And you're like, no, 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 it's not. Like sometimes, you know, you know people who have so much faith that they, they, they have an idea of something that they're going to do and then they present it to you and you're like, uh, I can give you like a dozen reasons why it's not going to work, right? And then they're like, no, 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 God's going to come through. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like you don't want to say he's not going to come through, but you just feel like you need to worry for them. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those people. They have so much faith, so much faith. But what about us? Was there a time in your life that you trusted God more because the truth is, that we, this, the, the climate that we're in right now, even, even in our country, I mean, I don't know about your personal life, but just the fact that we live in the U.S. and what's going on 
in the, on the news, in the media, even recent events, you're like, where is God? What's going on? Or is our country going backwards? What's happening? And maybe, maybe before you, you were full of faith, full of, of, of hope, but now you find yourself going, I'm, I'm just anxious. I'm more concerned about what's going on in this country, in this world. I'm just, I'm just concerned. I'm anxious. I'm, I, don't, I know what's going on. I know that you, I've processed what's going on in this world right now, and I go, you know, where is God? And in the midst of those feelings, we realize that there, there are times in our lives that we trust in God more than we do right now. The reason why I'm harping on this is that uh, what I want to do this weekend is I want to challenge you, challenge you to believe again. I don't know where you are right now, but let's just say, let's just say you're here. You're about here, and this is the place where you are. You're filled with whatever you've got going on, what you're processing, not just in, in, your, in, your, in your world, but also in the world around us. You've got anxiousness, you've got all kinds of issues, you've got disappointing um, uh, news that you're kind of wrestling through, you've got a heartbreak, you've got, you got stuff in your life right now, and you're, you're thinking, where is God? I want to move you from this point to maybe this point right here, where you trust God, and I want to call this place an, a place of irrational confidence of God's power. A place of irrational confidence in God's faithfulness. A place of irrational faith that God's going to make it work. That it's all going to come together. Not, not the place that you're in right now, which could be a place of, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. No, I want to move you to this place, a place of irrational confidence in God's faithfulness. Because I think there, if, you, if you're just being honest, for some of us, you know, I know you're here because you want to, you love Maybe you love the word, maybe you love worship, but the truth of it is, I mean, just to be honest here, some of us are here just because we, we just want to know what God's doing in your life. You're like, what is he doing? Right? Is there a, have you ever had the thought, like, what are you doing? Like, wait, what, really, really, what, what are you doing? And where are you? I mean, you don't want to say it out loud, but you, you've thought it, you think it. I want to tell you, if you want to know what God's doing in your life, life right now, I have the answer. The answer is that God is trying to help you. God is trying to challenge you to trust him more. If you want to know what God's doing right now in this situation that you're facing right now, he wants you to trust him more. He wants you to move from this place of like, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, to an irrational place, an irrational confidence in one sense. And the reason why I use that word irrational is because it doesn't make sense and you don't know how it's going to all come together, but God says, I'm going to make it come together. It's a place that is just beyond, beyond logic, but yet it is very real. What God is trying to do is trying to grow your faith in him. And here's the good news. Regardless where you are right now, like you might be like, you know, Naeem, I think, I think it works for some people because I honestly... I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'm not really, like my faith journey just started kind of thing. I know two verses in the Bible. One of them is Jesus wept. I don't even know if that's a verse. It just sounds like two words. But anyways, I'll count that. But I, I don't know. And others of you, you're like, you know, I just, you know the Bible. Some of you even wrote it. Just joking, you didn't. Okay? But you think you do. You know what I'm saying. Okay? Uh, and you, you don't know, you, you might be anywhere in, in that space of like super duper Christian to no, barely Christian. Right? Barely. And you're wondering, oh, oh, how, how, do, how do I get from this place, Naeem, to this, this place of irrational 
confidence in God's power and God's grace. How, do you, how, do you, how does that happen? Well, I want to take you to a passage of scripture. I want to tell you a story, kind of read out a story for you. And it's really pretty profound. It's found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. So let's just kind of do a little Bible study here. So let's jump right into it, okay? So here's how it starts. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed in terrible suffering. Okay, let's just stop right here. So, so basically what's going on in this story, the context is Jesus is doing his thing. He's got his disciples with him. There's some other people walk, walking around, hanging around. And Jesus is doing his thing, healing people, doing things left and right. It's all going great. Now, if you know the context, Jesus is a Jewish rabbi healing people. The people in charge right now, the people who are oppressing them are the Romans. So a Roman centurion starts walking. A centurion is the guy who's in charge of about 100 or 200 soldiers. So he starts walking up to Jesus. And I don't know if he's got all his people with him. But all I know is Jesus is doing his thing. His disciples are there. He's healing people. He's doing something. He looks. There's a centurion starts walking up to him. He starts, and what do you think is going to happen? Well, if you're Peter, you're going, oh, no. It's about to go down. Because, I mean, why would a centurion approach Jesus if not to arrest him? Right? But the centurion comes to him and says, hey, I need your help. My servant is at home suffering. Okay? I want you, uh, I need your help. Now, if, again, you're one of the disciples, you're probably wondering, uh, I think you should let him die. Like more of us and less of them. That's good. Right? Right? I don't know. Jesus, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, no. No, okay, but Jesus, here's what Jesus is. Jesus does this, right? Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. This is the first thing Jesus says. I will go and heal him. To which again, the disciples are like, uh, and again, if you're the guy like next in line, like you're about to get the healing, you're like, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) You're you're staying right here. Right? Like I, I waited forever. Like, I'm blind. I don't even know where you are, but stay here. You know what I'm saying? You're not letting him go. Jesus is like, I'll go, I'll go and heal him. Which is so strange, right? Then the centurion replied, and this is what he said. He said, Lord, I do not deserve for you to, have, for, to, for you to come under my roof. Okay, so I don't deserve for you to come under my roof. But, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed uh what again stop right here the disciples are like "Mm, that's not how it works (laughs) yeah like we do all kinds of stuff we we make mud out of spit and we put on people's eyes we tell them to walk, jump, skip. We tell them to swim. We tell them to bathe. We tell them, there's all kinds of things. Jesus does a physical, like a one, like there's a hard line connection. He has never healed someone wirelessly. This has not happened. Uh, he doesn't do that. Right? He doesn't do that. Okay. But then, the centurion keeps on going. But he, he says this. For I am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, I tell, uh, th- uh, tell this one, go, and he goes, and, th- and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. He does it. 
Stop right there. Okay, what are you saying, centurion? Basically, the centurion is, is saying, um, Jesus, I'm a, I'm a big deal, which, okay, all right. And he says, I, 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 you know, I'm a centurion, so I have people reporting to me, so I can just tell people what to do, and they do it. That's great. That's awesome, wonderful. But then he says, basically, he's implying, Jesus, I think you're like me. I think you and I are alike. You see, I'm a man who has authority over soldiers because I represent a bigger authority. I represent Rome. I represent the big kingdom. So I'm a centurion underneath them, and so my soldiers better do what I tell them to do. I don't have to make them do it. I don't have to do it. I don't have to walk and get it myself. They obey me because I represent someone and something bigger. Jesus, I think you're just like me. I think you are a man who has authority and who represents a bigger authority. I don't know. I'm just a pagan dude here, but I'm willing to bet that you're just like me that, that way, I think that if you just tell healing to go, it'll go. I don't think you need to do anything. I think you just need to command sickness to go away and it'll do it. I think, I don't know. I just think you just have to say it, bro. Just say the word and it'll happen. Again, the disciples are like, what? And then Jesus does this. This is what he says. This is, this is awesome. This is awesome. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished. The word there is thamadzu. Can you say thamadzu? Thamadzu. He was astonished. Which translation would be like, oh! Okay. It's not really the translation of that word, but okay. So he was astonished, and he said to those following him, I tell you the truth, okay? So now he addresses everybody else, right? I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Okay, if you're the, one of the disciples, like you are seriously ticked off right now. <laughs> if you've been a Jewish disciple forever, you're like, really? <laughs> have you gone out much? No one in all of Israel. No Jewish, Jewish person. Except pagan dude here. No one. You have not found, I mean, like, I'm sure they're like, oh my goodness. This is the end of it. And then Jesus keep on, keeps on going. And he says, I, have found, I haven't found anyone in Israel with such great, I tell you, I tell you, and this is so profound, I tell you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place in the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. These are, this is, these are very prophetic words that Jesus is saying. Basically, he's saying this. as He's saying, I don't know if you guys understand this, but it doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter if you are familiar with something, if you're Jewish or not Jewish. I will tell you that people will step they will come from wherever they are, and regardless of their journey of faith. And I will tell you something. They will move from a point of, I don't know enough about God or enough about what God is doing. But they will have the opportunity to actually step into this moment right here 
which this centurion guy just stepped into, which was an irrational confidence of God's power. That it doesn't matter. They'll come from the east and the west. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because, guys, I came from a place. I mean, I was born a Pakistani in Kuwait. Born a Pakistani in Kuwait and then came to the Middle East, uh, came to the U.S. after a Gulf War. And God has been pursuing me and it allowed me to experience him supernaturally, which I'll tell you about some more, some more in just a bit. But all that to say, what God is doing is God is reminding all of us that it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter your, your background, it doesn't matter the faith that you have right now. I will tell you, you have an opportunity based on the need that you have right now. You have an opportunity to actually step out of this, I don't know, I'm not sure, to a place of, you know what? If God just says it, it'll happen. If he just does it, it'll happen. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know. I just don't know how this relationship is going to turn around. I don't know how my heart's going to, be, uh, going to love again. I'm, I'm not sure how we're going to figure out the finances. I'm not sure how, what to do in this, in, with my depression. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to break out of my addiction. But I will tell you this. I'm going to move from a point of I'm not sure to a point of irrational faith. I'm just going to say, Jesus, if you, if you, if you just say it, It'll happen. Because you have power over death and, and healing and sickness and disease. It'll, it'll, just, it'll just happen. I, it doesn't make sense, but I, I want to live in this place. Because here's, if you, I want to just remind you something. Here's what religion wants you to do. Religion wants you to obey. All religions want you to do is obey. Every religion out there, there's a set of things. If you want to be a good follower of that religion, you have to obey. The gospel, though, Jesus wants you to trust. He wants you to trust first. Religion always wants you to obey. And the reason why religion exists, do you know that? The reason why religions exist throughout the world is to prove that we love God. That we are spiritual. But the reason why Jesus exists is to, to prove that God loves us. Here's, here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. Have you ever realized that the fall of humanity based on the scriptures start, had, basically started with this one act, right, of a lack of faith? Two people decided, I'm not going to trust you. I know what's better. And they broke off connection. One act of a lack of faith. Isn't it strange how salvation, how coming to faith in Jesus is also one act of Faith of just trust is just one act of a lack of trust or one act of trust. And I think what God's reminding us is that I don't know where you are, but you have to move by one act of believing God to this point in your life. And the reason, again, like I'm, I told you I'm passionate, is because my story is wrapped up in, in it. Uh, as Pastor uh, Brad mentioned, that the, the, I wrote a book called Ex-Muslim. It's a story, it chronicles the story of my family, I mean, me, my, my, all my siblings, and how we've come to faith in Jesus. But my, it started off with my brother. He, in the late um, 80s, he's got, he got accepted to the College of Charleston, uh, which, again, we were in Kuwait at the time, and he got accepted to a college, and we did not know what that college was or anything. But actually, the first college he got, got accepted to was Spartanburg Methodist University. We had no idea what Methodist meant. And so we were like, America, awesome. And so we sent him, we sent him to the US. He comes back, a Christian, tells me and my siblings, and I threatened to kill him. I mean, I was, I was livid. 
I grabbed his neck. I mean, I almost choked him. It was a bad, bad scene, not a good moment for me, but it was, I couldn't believe he traded, he was a traitor. I mean, I called him all kinds of names. So basically my relationship with him ended. He went back to, came back to the States and I was still in Kuwait. And in 1990, the Gulf War took place, if you guys remember that war. And so my family was there, I was there. We survived the, the Gulf War. And in 1992, I got a chance to come to the U.S., and so my, my, my dad came to me and said, like, listen, I can get you a tourist visa to come to the U.S. if you want to do that and go hang out with your brother. And he did not know that my brother was a Christian, and I wasn't going to tell him. Because I was, I was like, I want to go to the U.S. I was like, yes, I, am so, I will definitely want to go to the U.S. Hello, yes, blonde people, wow. No, no, actually, well, more, more the women than the dudes. But anyways, uh, anyways. But, they, uh, but I was 18, 19, anyways. So, so here's what's funny, though. What's funny about that, though, is I, did, I flew from uh, Kuwait and landed uh, in the U.S., but I landed in Miami, Florida. <laughs> and I, I was like, this is the wrong country. <laughs> I think we made a mistake. This is, there are no blonde people here. And uh, because they all look like me. So anyways, but then people told me that uh, the white people live in the Carolinas. So I was like, oh, okay, okay. So, so I, finally, I finally made it there. So, so I show up, right? I show up. My brother invites me to FCA, which is a, a collegiate uh, uh, Christian group. Uh, and so I, I show up, and I start attending this thing. And I, I don't know why, because I don't have any friends. And so I'm like... Uh, I don't know what, I'll just hang out here. That's what I heard about the gospel. This idea that you can actually have a personal relationship with the God who created the universe. And I'll tell you what, I thought it was ridiculous. Because, I mean, if you just think about it, it is out there. I mean, it makes so much sense, but it's like, wow, irrational. I mean, if you're a Christian here, I mean, the stuff that you believe is ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It's, it's totally on that group, like irrational. Like this idea that God is, loves you so much... God loves you so much that he's actually made a way for you for, to remove all kinds of ba- boundaries or barriers for you to talk to him and to connect with him. That way, in, in, a, in a way that he's actually allowed through his son and his sacrifice, uh, removed priests that you don't have to go and please someone else to please God. You can just directly talk to him. And then you don't even have to go to a temple because you become the temple and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Yeah. What? Yeah. Right. See? All the crazy people are clapping. You're like, so true. Oh, my gosh. It's irrational. And so I'm in the back. I'm like, this is nuts. These people are crazy. But, but they were so convinced of it that one night uh, I, uh, they ended in prayer. So I was in the back, and I was like, you know what? I looked up, and I was like, if this is true, I want to know. I want to know if this is true. But I don't think it's true. I'm talking to myself. <laughs> All right. So then... Three nights later, whoo, three nights later, things went crazy, guys. Got to tell you right now, story goes crazy, okay? So I'm just going to tell you. It got crazy. So three nights later, I'm trying to fall asleep. And uh, as I'm trying to shut off the one lamp, lamp light that's right next to me, um, I'm about to do that. I'm just kind of stretching in my bed. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I feel like there's something moving around or something. I'm then processing that. My body begins reacting to a fear or something that I can't really see. It's like death walked into the room. My heart starts racing. I start sweating. I'm like, what's going on? All of a sudden, something grabs my shoulders, drags me, pins me to uh, the pillow. 
I begin to react, and then something sits on me. I am paralyzed. The only thing I can move is my, is my neck, and, I can, and my eyes are open. And so I begin screaming bloody murder, you know, in every language I know, and yelling at, for my brother who is outside because inside that room it just was like, like, like evil. And so I started calling out my brother's name, and the door opens up, and I'm hoping my brother walks in, but in walks this this demon. Now, pause. I, w- I was a Muslim, so we're not even into demons. Like, we're not into demons, vampires, or werewolves. I mean, we're not into that. And so, this thing walks in, I'm like, dude, wrong room, you know? Like, this is not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not into this. And so, so, I thought that it was, I was, yeah. And so anyways, this thing starts walking up closer to me, I'm like, oh, what's going on? And this thing starts to communicate with me, and goes, I'm gonna kill you, you're gonna die tonight. I was like, oh, and, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I went to FCA. Allah, the God of Islam, is trying to, maybe he's trying to punish me. I think that's the problem. Maybe that's the issue. I'm like, maybe that's the, that's the big thing. And then I thought, no, maybe it can't be, it can't be Allah. I don't think so. I'm like, maybe it's Jesus. He looks nothing like the pictures. You know, I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. So this thing starts walking up closer, closer. I am praying to every God out there. I'm like, Allah, Buddha, Oprah, whoever out there. <laughs> like, seriously, what's going on? This thing starts walking up closer. It reaches my bed, disappears. Whatever was holding me lets go. And I'm like, stunned. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, right? So I run out of the room, wake up my brother. And I'm like, and I tell him what happened. And I go, what's going on? Now, I wanted him to say, dude, I think you should be on medication. Like, that's what I wanted him to say. But he said, oh, dude, this stuff is all in the Bible. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I read the Gospels. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah, when do I read the Gospels? <laughs> like, what? And he tells me about Jesus' interactions and the supernatural stuff. He was like, yeah, demons, angels, it's all true. And I was like, oh, that's nice. So then he begins telling me about Jesus and how to come to Jesus and how he starts telling me about the gospel and salvation. And then finally, and half an hour into it, I'm like, dude, 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 stop, stop, stop. I, I need some serious help. I just need, I need, I need I, this is all great, but here's what I need, okay? I need someone who, who can help me with this, this invisible dude problem, like this, this demon issue, okay? And he goes, well, there's only one person I know who has authority over demons and angels. And I was like, well, Who? He goes, Jesus. I was like, well, let's do this. Let's. He's like, what do you? I was like, come on, let's do it. Let's. What do we do? What do we, let's bring him. Let's invite him over. Like, what, what do we do? Add him on Facebook. I don't know. What do you do? Like, what, what do you do? And he was like, you want to pray? I'm like, yeah, I want to pray. So then he prays for me, and I pray, and, I, and this is my prayer, guys. And this is this prayer. Some of you guys just need to pray. And here's how I pray. I said, Jesus, I don't know if I can say you're the Lord of my life because I don't know you. I can't say I love you because I don't know you. But if you will save me from this, I'll give you my whole life. And so I prayed that, and he prayed for me again. And I was like, amen, amen. I was like, all right, man, see you. All right, great. And I guess who's still scared to death? And he was like, all right, man, I'll see you in the morning. He gives me a Gideon's Bible that's actually smaller than this, like the, the green one, you know? You know what I'm saying? It's the first time I've held the Bible. I was like, this is it? This is the Bible. He's like, no, it's complicated. I'm like, okay. He's like, read John. I'll see you in the morning. I was like, move over. I'm spooning you. Like, I'm not going back in the room. <laughs> then he was like, no, no, no. You got to go back in the room. You just pray. You, you praise Jesus. 
You just pray to Jesus. You got to go back in the room. We have a whole argument. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just met Jesus. I don't even know his last name. You go back in the room. I'll stay here. I'll stay here. You go back and take up another Bible or whatever. We, we go back and forth finally. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go back in the room. I go back in the room. I, I, I start reading the Bible. I'm like, ah. Oh. And you mean you scared everything makes sound, right? You're freaking out. Finally, man, for about um, an hour, I... I get so frustrated. I, my frustration turns to anger. I put the Bible down. And uh, I go back to my bed and I just say, Jesus, and now, now I'm mad. I'm like, I don't know why. I'm like, Jesus, if I die tonight, it is your fault. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And so I put the covers over my head. I'm hoping nothing else happens. Next minute, something's shaking me. I was like, oh no. <laughs> Round two, like here we go. And well, here's the, my deal. My trick was, okay, whatever happens, don't open your eyes. That was my trick. Okay. The next second, guys, I find myself sitting with my eyes open, um, staring, staring into his presence. And, uh, and there he was. And he was like, I- I'm Jesus. And your life is not your own. And I can't tell you uh, what I saw, how I ex- what I experienced, because it was, uh, I, I, I've never felt a, a peace so aggressive. Uh, uh, it felt like I was looking at him, but I was inside of him. I, he was intoxicating. I couldn't keep my eyes off of him, but I couldn't keep my eyes open. And I just kept looking and looking, and I knew that I couldn't stay in his presence in this dimension long enough, and he just put me to sleep. I woke up the next morning, and I had a spiritual download. I was like, okay. Uh, I went to my brother, and I was like, listen, I'm supposed to be in ministry. I don't even know what that means. Uh, and that started a journey of faith that has been irrational. Irrational. Yeah. Not just for, for me. Not just for me. But also for my other sis- two sisters and my younger brother. Mom and dad are still Muslim. And that's why I wrote a book about all our, our, our journey of being here and coming here. And, and it's been really profound. So I tell you this story again because I am convinced that some of you, you don't even have the ability right now to imagine what would it look like if you really had the faith, if you really had the faith to believe that while you're going through this terrible, nasty divorce, you have access to a peace that is irrational. For some of you, 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 don't even, you can't even imagine that you have, you have access to a confidence in the midst of this financial issue in your life. And you have access to that. For some of you, you can't even be, you, you want to. You want to dream. You, wanna, you, you do want to imagine. Is, is there a way that there's an answer to a, to a super, super natural to a supernatural faith that it will set me free from this anxiety. For others of us, there is, you're, you're dreaming. Is there, is, there, is, there, is there a moment in life where we can actually have this supernatural, uh, that I can access this supernatural love that will set me free from all my identity issues and all the addiction and the cutting and the things that I do that no one knows about? This 
is there, is, there, is there a supernatural acceptance that will free me from the shame that I'm living? And friends, there is. But it doesn't exist in this place. It exists in this place. Like the centurion. It's a place of irrational confidence in God's power. And if you would accept and believe that God loves you, you have access to him. And that if whatever he promised, he can and will do then you can live in this. What will it take for you to get to this place? A place of irrational confidence. No matter what's going on in my life right now, regardless of what's, what I've been thinking and all the doubts that I have, I'm going to believe. God, if you say it, it'll happen. And it doesn't, make the, it doesn't have to make sense for it to be real. God, you see more than I see. I'm, I'm staying in this place. I'm not, never going back there. So I want to pray for us. All the campuses, wherever you are, pray and believe that God would not just remind you, but now empower you to muster up all the courage that you have to start moving from this place to this place. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for your love for us. Holy Spirit, thank you for living inside of us, being committed to being in us regardless of where we take you, places that we're uh, uh, so ashamed of, things that we end up doing that we, we just we hate ourselves for, but yet you live inside of us. And then you tell us that your grace is sufficient for us, that your grace is powerful enough. So God, would you remind us once again that God, that you are able to do the impossible, the irrational. That God, that, 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 that human structures always submit to your spirit. And so God, I pray for my friends in every campus that they would have the power to move in that area of your life to say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you, even though it's irrational to believe. Because this is where I want to be. A place where I am surrounded by an irrational faith in your faithfulness to me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, as we end, uh, yeah, thank you. As we end, we'll have prayer, a prayer team right here for those of you who want prayer. But thanks so much for having me. Have, a, uh, have an amazing weekend. Thanks again.